0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Forbidden Bliss with Bianca Monet. Today, I have the privilege and honor of talking to a really special young lady who I got to know while working at um, a sports bar in West Monroe back when I was in undergrad at Grambling. Um, I worked there as a host and she worked there as a waitress and she was just always such a really sweet and really nice girl we really didn't have many um we had like a small handful of black girls that worked at the sports bar so i think for the most part we all pretty much like got along and we all talked and willie really just kind of had our own little i guess little tribe village going on there but overall it was a really cool experience and while working there i got to know tracy a lot more And I learned that she was fluent in ASL, which is American Sign Language. And that was really cool to me because I never met anyone really, um, but especially a black woman or a black person who knew American Sign Language. So I always thought that that was really cool. And then I also learned that she had parents who are both deaf as well. And again, that was something that was really cool and interesting to me because I never met anyone who had parents who were deaf. Um, So yeah, it was just a lot of things that I learned about her and learned about just American sign language somewhat in general, just through meeting this person by working with them. And like I said, she was always just like really sweet and really nice. And when I started my podcast, I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to interview her and I wanted to talk to her because I, I thought she was just like her story, her life it was just something I personally never really knew or I never really heard before coming from where I came from. So Tracy, if you don't mind, you can introduce yourself to everyone and you can also tell everyone where you can, where they can find you, I'm sorry, where they can find you as far as like social media, if you have an Instagram or Twitter.
1: All right. Well, hey, y'all. My name is Tracy Albert. I'm the founder of Phil Seen. Um, you can find Philstein at www.philistine.today and all of our social media platforms, Philstein Today. Um, I am 23 years old. I am from a small town called Vidalia, Louisiana, but I currently reside in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I graduated from ULM, which is in Monroe, in December of 2019 with two degrees um, in psychology and occupational therapy assistant. So right now I am currently working as an occupational therapy assistant and then I'm also working with Philistine and getting the brand up and running and we're almost, we're almost at a year now. So I've learned a lot along the way, but hopefully everything that I've learned kind of implements for the next year and I'm hoping that next year is even better than the first year
0: yay okay well congratulations <laughs> i didn't thank know, you um, i didn't realize that you graduated from ulm already but i figured you yeah but <laughs> out, no
1: congratulations thanks and girl you're welcome
0: and we're definitely going to talk about Phil scene um coming up but i definitely want to just kind of backtrack a little bit and talk about mm-hmm. um a little bit about your upbringing and your childhood so you said that you come from a really small town in louisiana yeah. And so what was, I guess, that, like, what was your childhood like growing up?
1: So, you know, that question is always the number one question. And I thought about it um, a month ago. It's really kind of hard to explain your life, especially when it's like yours and you don't really know anything else. Mm -hmm. So um, I know when I was growing up before, you know, I had friends or I spent time with my cousins or anything like that. My life to me was, you know, normal. And um it wasn't until I, I went to Head Start and I was translating for my mom and my dad. And I remember my teachers being so impressed by that. And I was like, why? Why are they, you know, <laughs> what's so impressive? You know? Yeah. And um I realized then that my dynamic wasn't anything normal. And um, you know, selling which, you know, people say is really cool, very interesting. They always want to learn it, but I saw somewhere um, a few months ago where they were trying to say that, so basically when you're a child of deaf adults, you're called a CODA and they have a whole website dedicated to CODAs like where you can like outreach, you learn new things that you probably wouldn't have learned because none of us went to school to learn sign language. Mm -hmm. And they were saying that they wanted everyone that were CODAs to stop highlighting the fact that we grew up with deaf parents and actually talk about the struggle. And so one of the things that we struggled with was the fact that we didn't go to school for this, but we were expected to be great translators. Because yeah. if you translate something wrong, it's the whole thing is wrong and you are responsible. So it's kind of like being expected to know like college level English when you're two years old, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's like it's like how do you so the pressure is like intense. And I remember one time when I was younger, um a teacher parent conference and I was trying to tell my dad that my teacher thought I was really nice and I was you know funny you know but it translated as like me being a class clown and mm-hmm. that's not what I was going for you know so it's like you have to be a good translator you have to know when to say what and how to say it some things don't translate directly to English so it's a lot and I know And I was in, when I was nine years old I translated their wedding so it's a lot of pressure to be like you know, a good translator, a good student at that. And my parents, they're much older. So they're around sixty years old. And so like um there's a there's like a barrier when it comes to English. Right. And so like um when it comes to like my schooling, like I taught myself like I didn't have any tutors or no one to with my homework like I did on my own. Because they were unable to help, you know?
0: Right. It's kind of like if you had parents that kind of was like, say for example, if they were like immigrants. And so, like, your yeah, kids yeah. are the cool ones that know both, like, the English language and the native language. So exactly. we like, are trying to play, like, translator before, between everybody. But it's like, I'm only just a kid. Like, I can only treat <laughs> <to play so laughs> Exactly. Much. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't, I'm like, what do y'all want me to do here? Right. Like So, you know, um, people calling the house for the bills mm-hmm. and stuff. Me and my brother were the ones answering the phone or, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, relaying these messages that we had no idea what was even going on. But it taught me a lot of responsibility and a lot of grace and a lot of patience that otherwise I probably would not have had. Very true. So, like,
0: um, I know you you have an older brother and I know your parents are deaf, but you guys obviously can both hear and you can Mm -hmm. speak. So did you guys... Do you remember what you learned first? Like, do you remember <laughs> if you learned American Sign Language first or do you can you recall English first? Because you said so. so that's like four
1: yeah. Or five. Yeah. So the thing with that is um and I can really only speak from my experience because me and my brother, we kind of had different experiences. Um because because he was the only hearing child in the household, actually when he went to school, you know, he got held back because he wasn't he wasn't prepared for school. Mm-hmm. Because in our household, the only thing that we could listen to for English would be the TV right and so um and RT was always on mute and we had the words so um yeah that that was that but with me I started school very early because of him being held back and I remember learning words as I learned signs so I learned sign first but um I remember like learning a word at school and I was my parents and they teach me the sign too Gotcha. So that's kind of, I was kind of learning them both simultaneously, but I knew sign language more because that's what I had to know in my household. Mm-hmm. But then when I would go over, when I would go to church to go over my aunt, my auntie's house, we would kind of talk there, but I knew sign language first.
0: I gotcha. So like, it's kind of like if you were teaching your kid, like through flashcards, like dog yeah. at the mm-hmm. same time, they would sign it. Too.
1: yeah like or like showing them the picture of the dog so they know the word dog or they, they right. the picture of a dog but don't really know the word mm-hmm. so kind of like showing them that so it's like I was learning the picture the word and the sign all at once
0: gotcha okay yeah and um or do you have any other relatives like with with your parents like do they have siblings Their like does anyone else in your family know American Sign Language or is it just kind of you guys.
1: So, I um, think, okay, so we have another aunt on my dad's side who's deaf. But the thing with deaf, um, deaf individuals, mm-hmm. when you're deaf and you're in a small town, such like the one I'm from, Vidalia, you have to go to a school that teaches sign language and you stay there. Ooh,
0: okay like a boarding yeah
1: yes yeah. so that's that is your home so my, my dad went to school in baton rouge mm-hmm. and the one that the school that so there was two deaf schools because you know things back then they were still segregated right um the school that he went to is no longer but they they have one school now but anyways that's where you live so when he did come home for the summers, it's like that he taught them the alphabet numbers like things that you know people need like the basics but they don't know sign and um his older sister she's even older than he was because my grandma the one that you know my grandma she's 100 well she was 103 she just passed away and so her daughter she was 80 you know and then him my daddy he's 60 so it's like a big difference of age yeah and so when she was growing up she wasn't even allowed to go to school Oh, wow. So he would come home and teach her the signs that he learned, but her English was so, like, her sign language is so broken because Mm -hmm. it wasn't consistent. They didn't have the books back then. He was always gone. And so she has her own kind of sign language that we would understand, but no one else would. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, one thing I have learned throughout the years, I guess, just through social media, is that, like, American Sign Language, they have, like, I guess the the proper or, like, the white version of American. Yeah. (laughs) And then they have, like, you know, more, I guess, for African-Americans. Yes. And then they even have regional. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. They have, like, region um, sign language and they have, like, broken sign. It's it's so much different variations of sign. So it's, it's, like, if you don't know, if you don't know it or you're trying to learn it, it can be very difficult to keep up with what's going on. because people sign differently so you would really have to like know it or be able to tell what's like if i'm saying a full sentence but you miss two or three words you still know the context of what i'm talking about gotcha so it just depends yeah it just depends on who you're talking to and where they went to school and how old they are how old they are is key Mm -hmm. because the as the younger i mean as the um years go by the sign which it it becomes more of a what i want to say like a permanent thing now Mm-hmm, back then cool. in the day like they shortened a lot of things and some sign languages it's just broken so now they're trying to kind of go back and fix it and kind of mm-hmm. make things like a permanent sign so it's a little confused especially for me because my parents are much older and I didn't go to school for it so even now like I, like right now I've been doing a lot of groundwork for those things so I'm going back and like studying or learning things that I probably got wrong when I was younger yeah
0: I get that so it's kind of like yeah. even with regular languages like you know if you When people take, like, Spanish, you're learning, like, more so, like, the formal Spanish. Mm -hmm. But then, like, if you know people who are, you know, Hispanic, actually grew up in the culture, like, their families, they're like, we don't really speak like this. Like, we talk like slang. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Proper English. And then you have Ebonics. Or then you have, you know, more broken down English.
1: Are these phrases that were, phrases that were popular in the 80s? You wouldn't talk like that now. Exactly. But if your parents are born in the 80s and they're stuck in that mindset, they're going to teach you that. Mm -hmm. You have to take it upon yourself to go back and learn what's actually, you know, trending.
0: Gotcha. That definitely makes sense.
1: Yeah. So
0: then like growing up, um, like you said, you grew up like a really, your teachers would say that you were super funny and you were really sweet and, you know, you helped out your parents a lot through um, language barriers. But, um, you know, we also know that People, once you get out of like your small town or maybe even in your small town or when you go to school and things, kids can be cruel and like Mm -hmm. adults can even, you know, be even more cruel. Did you ever like growing up, did you ever notice people kind of treating your parents like, you know, differently or. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Or, you know, things like that.
1: Absolutely. Especially like, um, I know, I know everyone's probably heard of this, but like the deaf and dumb. like oh they're deaf and they're dumb so like that was a like that that throughout my entire I want to say like undergrad experience even me being in high school I've heard deaf and dumb deaf and dumb so often even in like them referring to my parents like oh well aren't they deaf and dumb you know and that's not girl yes so that's like the same like people correlate being deaf
0: and being dumb
1: yes what? kind of like um if, if somebody's being special needs they'll say like oh they're the r word
0: yeah you know it's the that. same
1: thing like or mm-hmm. like um somebody if they're like homosexual they'll be like the f word you know right like so it's like deaf and dumb oh your parents are deaf and dumb and i'm like huh you know <laughs> that is crazy I've never... and i remember i remember like my friend i had this girl i loved her i loved her something i still do but um, when I was younger, like before I was even, well, I was born, but before I could ever remember anything, our house burned down. And I remember going by the house and saying, oh, my parents used to live there. And she said, oh, yeah, they're deaf and dumb, so they burnt the house down. And I said, what? Oh, Girl, yes. We she said, don't excited. get mad at me. Girl, said, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. My, my uncle told me that. You know, I'm deaf and dumb, that's the thing. And I went home crying. I called my auntie, and I was like, you know, they're saying that they're deaf and dumb. So Tracy, that's just that's a thing that people say, you know. And I was like, that is not cool. So yeah, like that, or like um, I know sometimes like I'll take my parents. So my parents don't drive, Mm -hmm. so I'll take them to like the grocery store, and I'll let my mama go and get everything she needs, and I won't I won't follow her, I won't intervene for her, I won't ask nobody any questions for her because she likes to be independent, right. But they'll look at me like, you're not going to help her? I'm like, she's fully capable. Right. And honestly, now, at this day and age, they don't even really like to consider being deaf a disability because it's just, it's just a difference. Like, they're mm-hmm. fully capable of doing any and everything. So it's kind of like, I, I allow her that space and that right. But people will look at her and because she's deaf, they think that she can't count or she can't write or she can't read. Yeah. you know and it's like she can do all of these things it's just she can't hear you or right. talk to you that is crazy I've never yeah I've never
0: heard the deaf and dumb thing
2: but yes.
0: as you're talking it, it's so sad because it is kind of in our society we think that just because someone has like if they're blind or if they're deaf that means yeah. that they're capable of doing and it's just other a things. difference yeah
1: mm-hmm. that's wow Okay. Um, but I, I, I understand where it comes from because, you know, our educational system is kind of poor. We're just now getting to the point where we're including everyone and making sure that everyone has equal education. Mm-hmm. And so even though, like, the Black community ourselves, we were segregated, we barely got the good education. We barely got good books. The, yep. the deaf community or, like, disabled, all those people that fall underneath the umbrella of being different, mm-hmm. they didn't get education either. Right. So they were lacking just like we were lacking. And if you are disabled and you're Black, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, yeah. you're not going to know unless you have family members who are dedicated to teaching you. True. And how are they going to teach you when they're spending all their, their time working?
0: Right.
1: You know, so it's like, I understand where it comes from, but I feel like we're so far past that, that we need to, you know, start treating everyone as the same. Absolutely. Because it's, it's only a difference. It's not like they're incapable of doing something. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, at first, we can blame the ignorance of society. Mm -hmm. um, Now, in 2021, I get that we're still playing catch up with a lot Mm -hmm. of people, like, with disabilities. But, yeah, that's... Wow. So, do your parents... um, Can they read lips?
1: Yes. Well, okay. So, my dad, he can read lips very well. Actually, he wasn't born deaf. He um, ended up having pneumonia when he was, like, six, and he lost his hearing in his speech. Oh, wow. But, like, if you... If you're around him often, like you know, but they get so small that people know my daddy when they see him. Uh-huh. So he'll he'll say, "Hey or what's up," and they'll they'll be able to clearly like identify what he's saying. Right. because They're like, um,
0: used to like. Yeah,
1: yeah, but he can read lips very well. He knows when someone's trying to play with him and his money. Oh, he knows, girl. He yeah. Let you know, like, oh, don't play with me. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> my funny. mama, on the other hand, um, she can read lips okay. She doesn't really get out much, so um, people write down things to her. Okay,
0: so that's how she kind of communicates. Through yeah,
1: it. through writing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And did your parents... and she'll keep everything as a receipt. Like she keeps every little note anybody ever gave her. She'll show it to me. Really? She said this. Yes, that is a receipt, girl. You got to keep everything. Yeah, I don't blame her though, because <laughs>
0: you can always try to go back and be like, "Well, I didn't exactly. I didn't say that. It's like, no, but you did. Like, but you did. <laughs> exactly. Seats, trust me. <laughs> that's really no. That's that's really neat. And it's crazy how people how how you learn how to navigate with the world like you know what I mean yeah when you, when you don't know how when you know you're different from other people you kind of have to find a way to survive like you know what I mean exactly through, right taking notes through lip reading and all that so um did your parents did they go through high school like did they
1: yes they went all the way through high school and that was the end of their education gotcha okay so through
0: like junior high like middle school junior high and high school I know mm-hmm. you have an older brother how many years older is he two he's two okay so yeah. you guys kind of grew up together
1: yeah we did okay
0: so what was like high school Tracy like what was like high <laughs> high school Tracy <laughs> like what were you, what were you-
1: uh, I think I was so just naive I felt I was very naive because I didn't get out much mm-hmm um but I was also very protective over my parents but I was very involved in things um I sang in the choir I was in all of the little clubs I cheered from seventh grade to 12th grade oh,
2: okay. but
1: I was more so kind of just figuring out who I was you mm-hmm. know just kind of playing around all kinds of things I was always interested in doing other things like playing the guitar drawing or you know painting music stuff like that but um for the most part, I, I spend a lot of my time, like, making sure my parents are okay. Like, making sure yeah. the bills are done. Like, you just know, kind of like going back behind okay. them and, and fine-tuning things that they probably would have missed. Mm-hmm. So you were doing bills and stuff, like, in high Girl, school? Girl, yes. <laughs> oh balancing a checkbook. Balancing a checkbook. Gotta do that. All that stuff.
0: Yeah. No, that's some... It's amazing because, one, there are grown people that can't even do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they <laughs> yeah. can't even manage their bills. But then I can only imagine, you know, sometimes how you feel like, man, I'm only a, in high school doing this, mm-hmm. but you feel like, you know, they're your parents. Like you said, you don't exactly. want people to take advantage of them or you don't want to fall behind on bills or you miss something because, you know, you kind of feel like you're an adult in some form or fashion, you know?
1: Right, right. And the things, and if I didn't do it, then I have that constant fear that, okay, what if it's not done correctly this time, you know? Mm-hmm. yeah and so you said that you grew
0: up kind of like naive and stuff do you feel Mm -hmm. like you missed out on like maybe some of like the talks that parents gave their kids like you know what I mean yeah
1: I never got the I never got the black talk you know I never got that really never Mm -mm. nobody no not your brother no I am (laughs) no and all of my friends were white Mm-mm. Really? I never even Yay Was yes, your town really white? Like the Yeah, white? it was okay. my, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, my aunts and uncles would kind of joke with me, or I I took it as joking, but they were probably really being serious. Yeah. And they were like and they are like, You got all these white friends, but they don't care about you, you know? Yeah. And I would be like, uh uh-uh. uh, but and and honestly. And I can honestly tell you, to this day, like, my white friends are still my friends. Yeah. (laughs) So I never experienced racism until my senior year of high school Mm -hmm. when I won the Miss Vidalia pageant, which is really, really, really big where I'm from. But I was the only Black girl to win to this day. Oh, wow. To this day. And literally, the parents of my white friends got up and walked out. Like the people who like che- like cheered on the sidelines at our football games got like walked out. Like it was like an outrage. Mm-hmm. And then um, when they released a newspaper article talking about me winning, they misspelled my name so many times. Like my name is so easy.
2: It really is. <laughs>
1: they misspelled it <laughs> so many times. Left of my last. There's all kinds of just being just very ugly. Yeah. and then I was like oh like oh this is racism <laughs> yeah then no then my aunt was like yes we've been trying to tell you you're friends after your friends you know but I never got that talk I didn't really understand um I didn't and this is like so sad to say but I never understood the importance of owning your blackness and being true in it mm-hmm. and like supporting other black people like I I never understood the importance of it like I was always oh we're all the same and that's that's As much as as we want to say that, that's not true.
2: Right. You
1: know, that is not the truth in any kind of way. We're not all the same. We're not all equal. We have been held back. They have had a head start. And we have to work five times harder. They say two, but it's really five.
2: Yeah. Especially
1: when you're you're a woman, it's five. Definitely. And so it's like, I never knew that until I stepped foot in college. And I was like, oh, like, I'm not getting... Anything handed to me anymore, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. because you know, I was in this small little town where everyone knew my parents were deaf, and I was well spoken. I was a cheerleader. I was at all these clubs. People would, you know, cater to me or oh, you know, make sure Tracy's okay. Or I'll take Tracy out to eat with us, you know. But when no one, no one knew me, I had to make my own name for myself, and it was very shocking to me because this small town gave me everything. Right. And I came to Monroe with nothing. Mm-hmm. And no one would give me anything or give me the time of day.
0: Right. and I had funny to that learn you,
1: that.
0: It's funny that you say that because, like you said, you did grow up in a small town where both black and white, you know, they all grow with each other. Like, they all grow mm-hmm. up, our elders and stuff. So your family, uh, your parents, they knew your parents. And so, of course, they always probably was like... Well, it's so, you know, it's the, we're all the same, no matter if you're deaf, if you're blind, if you're black, we're all the same, right? Like there's always mm-hmm. that mindset. But then when they see you as a black girl who just beat their daughters, their white daughters, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. in Apache and now yeah what's, well, what's that black you get what I'm saying now that's when the racism comes out it's kind of like right because be they never
1: looked at me as a competitor
0: right exactly
1: especially when my parents were disabled and they were less they they, they were exactly. less fortunate than others so I also think and now that I'm old and I was looking back you know last year was a big whole black lives matter thing movement going on that's been a thing but last year it was huge very much and I feel like um looking back I feel like people catered to me because my parents were without, so it made them feel better because they were helping that one black girl. It yes. wasn't like they were catering to all of them; it was just me. Mm-hmm. I was the only one that would invite places. I was the only, and I thought it was because they loved me. Yeah, but it really was. Oh, we like her. She's the exception because exactly. her parents are less fortunate, mm-hmm. so she, you know, she's figuring that on her own. You know, no one else got that kind of treatment. Now that I'm looking back, and then like you know. They, there was a lot of racism going on that we were so accustomed to because the town was so small. So the N word flew all over the place. Like the mm. Oreo, like um, people will always say don't N word lip it. Like that was so like normal where I was from.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause then when I got to college, I was like, you know, I never really liked it, but I also couldn't stand up for it because it was just me
2: yeah.
1: versus 200 people like, what am I going to do, you know?
2: It's mm-hmm.
1: so not that I'm older and I'm stronger in who I am. I can say, oh, don't say that, you know? And that's yeah. wrong. And I can feel more uncomfortable. But back then, it was so, like, watered down that we all kind of just let it fly. And it's extremely sad that small towns are like that.
2: Yeah. Like Especially
1: when, you... when they're run by white people, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, you can't even, like, control it.
0: Yeah. And so what I have, I'm curious, like, when you're when at the pageant, when your friends' parents walked, like parents walked out, did they ever? Did you ever ask them about that? Did y'all ever talk about that? Like, what? No, what it's
1: kind was- of like that. So it kind of just happened, but my, like my friends were still excited, and they kept saying, "Oh, we're glad that you got it. If anybody were to get it, you know, we're glad that you got it. Mm-hmm. If anybody were to have gotten it, um, but we didn't expect that. Wow, you know." but me I was so on 10 that I didn't even really realize until I sat down like a month later and the newspaper kept getting my name wrong Mm -hmm. and I was like man what is the problem you know and my cousin was like don't you remember what they said to you when you won and I was like no and she brought it up to me and I was like oh so they're saying like you know only you though, you know what I'm saying, but yeah. we're still not happy about it. Right. But I never addressed it because I was just like, i don't, What do I even? What am I supposed to even say? You know, what right. do you say to that? Because it all was so shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Cause so I'd never experienced it, nor did I ever expect it. Right. Yeah. That's so crazy. I just because
0: I'm just like I would want to know, like you know, of course I was the friend that your parents would take to di- movies. Like you know, I would go to your house. I would do this, but like you 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 walked out on me getting an award and then it's kind of like afterwards it's like mm-hmm. well I'm happy that it was you that won like at least like you know of course we wanted to win but it's it's kind of like they're still yeah sort of throwing pity at you like it's,
1: it's you almost like mean? that it's, it's a small scent of like mm. you know yeah, <laughs> it's, definitely. it's just very distasteful like even when I got on the Drew Barrymore show last year they were like oh we we're so happy that you got it. We knew that you would always be big after you won Miss Fidelia. Yeah. Like, uh, it is kind of like, no, I'm this big because I'm this big. Like, I'm right. going to do what I got to do because I'm going to do that, you exactly. know? Exactly.
0: It's like they try yeah. to throw up the fact that because you come from a, back, a such background, like, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. you're getting these accolades and you're achieving these things because of that. And it's like, Because no, of that. And it's like, no, it yeah. I'm amazing like you know I'm great yeah and that is and I
1: work hard for everything that I do so I deserve it absolutely yeah so that's where I was kind of like oh you know Mm -hmm. yeah wow that's crazy I
0: never really I never knew that but I never knew you were in pageants either uh, yeah. that your talent was singing because y'all Tracy yeah. can sing like Tracy can sing she be singing, she be singing.
1: that's like, my talent girl I yeah. used to do pageants so much and I was like let me just focus on school
0: <laughs> yeah okay so you, you were a pageant a pageant girl
1: yes all the way up until my junior year of college really mm-hmm. I used to host a lot of pageants and then I just like you know what I'm gonna stick to school mm-hmm. and that was it that was the end of my little pageant era Okay. And was that something
0: like your mom, like your parents put you in, like encouraged you to do?
1: Yes. When I was younger, we had, you know, the Miss Fidelia pageant, but we had little, little girls that would do it too. Just mm-hmm. kind of give the girls their flowers. They really would they wouldn't participate, but they kind of like would do a little dance. So that's when I was like, oh, I want to do pageants when I get older. And I started that with Miss Fidelia. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's, I really did not know that. Yeah. But now that you say it, I can see you as a platformer. Yeah. Like, now that I, like, I think back to your demeanor and, like, how you would stand. like, I'm, like, you definitely did cheer. You definitely a <laughs> I can just see it now in my head. Like, I can see it. But that's what, so funny. Right? No, that's really great. So what made you, um when it was time, like, your senior year of high school mm-hmm. and you had to, like, you know, you're going through your college choices, where you want to go, Um, Why ULM? Were there other colleges that you were looking at before ULM? Or did you
1: Yes. I really, really, really wanted to go to LSU. But it was so expensive. And even Mm -hmm. with my scholarships and talent grant, I just was like, this is not feasible. And also, I didn't have a car. Yeah. So I was like, well, um, a lot of people from my high school, they went to ULM. And I had a scholarship to ULM. And I had a talent grant to ULM. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided to go there. And, yeah, so I actually went there with biology as my first major. I changed it in the first week to speech pathology. Oh, yeah? Yes, because I thought that um, speech and like, you know, sign language, it it goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But um, two years into that, I was like, this is not really what I want to do. I want to do something more hands-on, and speech isn't like that. So I changed to occupational therapy, and I haven't regretted the decision ever since okay
0: so you went to ULM did you like the program there
1: yes I did it was very nice okay very inclusive Mm -hmm.
0: so we're like when you went there um were you able to meet people did you meet people from like all like what was your experience overall did you meet people from all over did you go there with people that you kind of knew from your hometown or like what was was like ULM a culture shock because I mean ULM is is I would say it's predominantly white but you guys have Mm -hmm. a pretty lively black population Mm -hmm. too like you know what I mean like there's a lot of we
1: have a big strong black community as well right Mm -hmm. okay um so I want to say so when I went to ULM, I kind of broke away from everybody from high school Mm -hmm. and I we started a group chat before I got there so I met people in the group chat when when I got there it was really easy for me to make friends Mm -hmm. because I had a lot of girls that are in my same major I kind of just clung to them. So I've never really had an issue like making friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I was more so interested in making good friends. Right. So I didn't want to spend all my time with people. I knew for a fact I wasn't going to be friends with forever. So it kind of made me kind of closed off and I didn't really go many places because I didn't trust a lot of things. Uh-huh. Especially because I wasn't exposed to parties like that when I was younger because I was always stuck at home. And I wasn't really allowed to go out as much. So my guard was always up when it came to um, parties or events. And, you know, I didn't have a car. So when you don't drive, you don't really want to (laughs) go. Like, I want to leave. I want to go home. And the people that I came with, they always wanted to stay longer than what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I think around, like, my sophomore, junior years, when I started making, like, good friends that I'm still friends with to this day.
0: That's good. And I know when you were at ULM, you did pledge. Mm -hmm. um, I did. What year did you pledge? And how was, like, your overall experience with Greek life at ULM?
1: So um, I've been wanting to be Greek for a long time. And I pledged December 2019. Well, I graduated December 2019, but I pledged fall 2019. So it's like my my experience undergrad Greek was very quick. (laughs) Like, I graduated the same semester that I pledged. Mm Mm-hmm. So I didn't really get to have the opportunity to be on campus and do like a lot of events with my organization because I had graduated. And then when I graduated, I had to study for my NBCOT, which is our national board exam. So when they were out and doing events, like January through April, after I graduated, I was in the house studying or going to work. And I was working two jobs at the time. Oh, wow. So yeah, so I didn't really have an opportunity to like be you know a full-pledged member and then corona happened so Mm -hmm. I really didn't get an experience you know yeah but now that well I don't even know because they're talking about everything's locking back down again but I was done doing a grad chapter and like you know finally get to have the experience that I wanted Mm -hmm. but um I pledged with 27 sisters and they are all very sweet and very engaging and inclusive. So when I didn't get to do anything you know, they would come back and tell me how it went and mm-hmm. um, we had like a lot of sisterly relations, going out to eat, you know, all those things that you do when you have a sisterhood and a bond. But I do wish that I, I could have done it sooner or I wish that um, Corona didn't happen and I could have experienced it after.
0: Yeah, because like you say, you worked two jobs. Where did you, I know you were, You worked at walk ones with me and where else did you work at?
1: I worked at a pediatric clinic as a tech.
0: Okay, yeah, so you yeah. were busy.
1: Girl, yes, always. Yeah, you were busy.
0: So you didn't really get a chance when you say like mm-hmm. to experience like more so like going to the parties or like to the events that you guys were through. Like you were kind of always have to be working and taking yes. care of this.
1: So I couldn't like run errands. I kind of showed that I was available or like, you know, people could depend on me. Mm-hmm. It was always. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm studying. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not working You know. <laughs> yeah. No. I get it. Yeah. Hey, it, it paid off. Didn't it did. It, it off, sure did. Like, oh. and I had my whole life to, you know, get back active. But whenever Corona's gone, I'm in there. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so, um, definitely now I want to talk about like feel seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm for obvious. I know that's. reason why you started probably this business because of your parents but just give like a more insight like what made you decide that you wanted to start feel scene?
1: okay so I've always you can ask my whole family I'm always doing the most like I'm always doing extra stuff Mm -hmm. and so I've always known that I wanted to own something when I was younger um like in high school I had a blog like, I, I was always, like, trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do that I could put my name on to be proud of.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, um, growing up, people would always ask me to teach them sign language, you know? Yeah. And I would teach them here and there, when, but it was never really consistent or never really stuck. Or um, I was in college. I couldn't. I was working or I was studying or it's class. And then I thought about it when I got into my program for occupational therapy assistant. Um, my teacher introduced me to the baby language program. So I became a certified instructor through them. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know, well, they have their own like business where they certify people and they teach this. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's big and it's been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. People are always asking me to teach them. And even though I didn't go to school for a sandwich, I know it because that was my first language. So I'm I'm qualified right. in every sense to teach it. But I didn't think that it'd be what it is today. I thought it was like a small little project. So I made this website and I kind of just made my own outline. And I was like, this is the things that I would teach somebody if we were one-on-one. And we had all that time during Corona to, like, you know, think of things. So I was yeah. like, you know what, let me turn this into um, a business. Like, you know, and if somebody wants to learn, cool. If they don't, whatever. Like, it didn't really matter to me because it was just a small little project. Right. And then I thought, well, how can I make it, like, bigger than just selling? Which I thought, I can, I can like, learn how to make shirts. So I learned how to make shirts. I learned how to make bracelets. I bought all the equipment. And I was like, well, I can sell these shirts and get the money back. And I can, like, use the money to fund the website in for scholarships. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, because one thing about it, they they try to tell people if you're not deaf to not teach sign language. And I understand to some extent because you're taking money out of people's pockets who that is their natural language. But also I feel like at the same time, some people do wanna learn from someone who can talk to them and give them feedback. And because I lived in that environment
2: Mm-hmm.
1: i thought like i was more like qualified and the money that i do make for this goes back to the community to help them so people who grew up like me with people who, with parents who were you know not as privileged um under underserved populations people like that i'm giving the money back to people who experience situations like those and That's so great. um thank okay. you so I made Phil Scene and I kind of played around with the name at first because I wanted it to be like, you know, you know, when you make like a brand, you wanted to be oh signs by Tracy or you know, something like that. I was like, sign yeah. with something. And I was like, that is so like corny. Let me think of something better. And I thought about it. Me and my dad were really, 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 really close. And um, he would like we would have conversations here and there. He worked three jobs. So I barely got to really talk to him. But when we did it was always, like, heartfelt conversations that we'd have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he would always kind of, like, slide me a little note when I was sleeping. And he would say, thank you for making me feel seen today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, oh. well." And I thought about it. I was like, oh, I can name it feel Seen. Because that was, he, he would always say that. Yeah. And so I named it Phil Seen. And, um, girl, I launched, the first day I launched, my shirts were sold out. The next week, um, I was on the KNLE News Channel and KTVE, and I was like, "Okay, this is getting a lot of traction." Yes. <laughs> I, was like, I wasn't expecting this. And then the next thing you know, Drew Barrymore is calling, and then I was on the front. I was uh, signing for Fred O'Dang and I was like, "Wow, this is like okay. I guess God's saying this is what you're supposed to be doing." Now, yeah. like, you know, let's take it seriously. So, um, the only regret I have is not doing the groundwork. So even though I had my own experience, I felt like I should have taken more time to read about others Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and kind of like, you know, making a a specific target audience or like, you know, finding other places that I could donate my money to or collaborate with. That's what I'm doing right now. So I've been reading a lot of books about different experiences that people have had, like good and bad. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm able to, you know, connect with everyone and not just, you know, college students or, People who want to learn and they stop, you know?
0: Yeah. Kind of like focus on people who want like the longevity of it. Yeah, it's
1: Like they have a daughter who wants, like who's deaf or they have a mom or someone just lost their hearing, something like that is what I'm like trying to target.
0: Yeah. No, I never, okay. I never knew um, or kind of knew that most people say, for example, like you said, they don't want to learn sign language from someone who isn't deaf. Um, But like you said, it's like their natural language. So they Mm -hmm. know it more so better than anyone. But then again, a lot of times people who are deaf, they may have a difficult time finding jobs. So like, that would be like a way of taking away something that they can do naturally. Yeah,
1: But like you said, I I felt a lot of guilt Mm -hmm. for like starting something that isn't really mine to, to own
2: Mm -hmm. But I was
1: like, at the end of the day, it was still my life. So it's kind of like, yeah, I'm making sure that even though I'm doing this, I always tell people like, you know, I'm not really certified to teach everyone. I'm only certified to teach babies, but I do this because I was raised this way Mm -hmm. and I want to give back and I want to bring awareness to the entire deaf community.
0: Right yeah and you like you said you're pouring into it um it's coming from right. of like pure and genuineness and you know true honesty and no I think that's great that you're definitely doing this so like you said you're not necessarily certified to teach everyone um right so what who would you or who is the like target audience that you think that feels scene is really for like you said children like babies or toddlers, yeah. children.
1: So but- the long haul. I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, no, um, no, you're okay. The long haul would be children with like autism,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, children like that want like their parents want to teach them baby sign. Um, children with learning disabilities. That's like my target, target, target audience. That's something I want to do in the long haul, but. I do still teach like, you know, I do workshops and other classes. I teach basic ASL. So, like, very introductory level ASL um, because it runs very deep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the alphabet, numbers, colors, structuring, like, sentences like that, I teach that for everyone because I can. Okay. But if you you wanted to be certified to learn, like, you know what I'm saying? Some people think that they'll take a Philistine class and they'll be, like, certified. And it's like, you'll be certified with the Philistine but not as, like, you can go teach somebody else, or you can go and sign on national news. That's not mm-hmm. what we're doing, you know? I got so, you. Um, But I could certify another woman or another man to teach baby sign language. Now I could do that. Okay. But I can't certify anyone to go and translate for someone who's deaf.
0: I got you. Okay. So it's limited right now, but that doesn't mean I yeah. can't grow into
1: exactly. something bigger. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Exactly.
0: Okay. So now you're living in Baton Rouge, you're working. Mm-hmm. Um, are you still in school or no? Like, are you no, I'm,
1: I'm, um, I'm trying to get back into school for the occupational therapy program. So we're finger crossed on that. Okay, fingers are definitely crossed.
0: And um, so where do you, now that you're in a new city right now, where do you see like your business taking off or where do you like, five years from now where do you want Phil seen to be at
1: oh uh, and that's the biggest question because I literally do not know as far as location mm-hmm. like I really want to own my own pediatric clinic that hosts occupational therapy physical therapy speech therapy and sign language mm-hmm. but I have to find a home first and it's like I have no idea where I want to live Right, and so that's the big question for me right now is where am I gonna put all this stuff? Like, mm-hmm. I have to find a place. And I was thinking, I'm banking on Houston. Um, I think I really want to live in Houston, but I don't know, you know. So I'm kind of just trying to keep everything online until I say, okay, yeah, this is what, this is where I'm gonna be. Mm-hmm. But I'm really like wanting to kind of bridge filling in with therapy.
0: Definitely. I definitely think, of course, Houston, because that's a hot spot, of course. But yeah. Don't, but don't leave out Dallas. I think you may like Dallas, too. Dallas isn't as, like, Houston has, I have always feel like Houston and Dallas are cousins, but they are, like, different type of cousins. So, like, Dallas is more, like, super business-oriented Um great houses a lot of companies and like you know places they move here because it's super cheap of course they move to texas in general because it's cheap but i think like a lot of tech businesses and a lot of things like that they move into like dallas it's very mm-hmm. much um like the arts district things of that nature it's very corporate minded but we have a great nightlife too like we have sunday Funday, and we have you know we're just a little bit more i think structured and we're not as big as houston we're big but we're not houston is like layers like kind of when you think of like a planet and it has like the rings around like that's yeah. houston to me like they have like the the suburbs and the outskirts and then like the middle which is like downtown houston now right. houston is like houston's great but houston is definitely more like black culture they have you know they have you know because of hip-hop you know they have the hip-hop culture Mm -hmm. they have a big hispanic presence as well same as dallas but i think they have a big um hispanic culture as well they have a great nightlife they always have something going on um way more stuff like as far as partying is it just depends honestly on what what you want to do and where you kind of want to see yourself if you're not an easily distracted person You know what I mean? Like, if you want to, you know, not go fall into like the the party lifestyle, maybe so Dallas. But then if you also want that good balance and you know that you're obviously mature enough, which you are, you've been paying bills since you were like, (laughs) you know, I don't really worry about I wouldn't worry about you too much. Some people I'd be like, you don't need to live in Houston because you just not mature (laughs) enough yet to live in that life. But you, you maybe really could thrive there and like you can have that really good balance of like the working life. And like the party life so just right I just say don't leave Dallas out try different come visit both places first before you. yeah decide. I got you yeah but no I think that's
1: so good I really I didn't know a lot of stuff I you, <laughs> t- you taught me a lot <laughs> no lot but right. you you've been asking the best questions so I'm like yes like let me go ahead and expand on that <laughs>
0: yeah no I'm glad you did and I'm glad that you definitely took time out today to talk to me and um Yeah, I I appreciate it. And you definitely are going to teach a lot of people who maybe not be so familiar with American Sign Language, as well as even knowing someone who's African American, who knows American Sign Language, you know what I mean? Like you just Mm -hmm. open their horizon to a lot. So before we uh, end, I do want you to, again, let everybody know your social media, um, know where they can find your personal page, as well as Phil C, so they can come and support
1: Okay, so my Instagram, and my Twitter, um, it's Tracy Lynn, T R A C E E L E N N. And then my business page is Phil Seen, so www.filcene.today, F E E L S E E N. And then the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is F E E L S E E N today, so Phil Scene today. All right. Well, thank so, you guys for listening. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. And I'll be sure to keep in touch. Okay. I'll definitely text you. Yes.
1: Like I'm so proud of you. Like you. this is big. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. No, I'll definitely shoot you a text
0: once we're done.